0: surf um, its origins its history Um, it's at a particularly interesting inflection point right now Mm -hmm. Um, but tell me a little bit about what got you here
1: yeah so the surf culture has always been very pioneering and back to our legacy we the business started because uh, one business in a small town couldn't get internet access and so we pioneered a technology to bring internet to that business through wireless and word spread and we became basically the first internet provider in many of northern indiana's most rural places like we were one of the first high-speed providers in the port Elkhart, all across the region and that spirit of innovation and that spirit of um, transformation and bringing new technology has just evolved from fixed wireless to uh, fiber optics and that's kind of where we are today
0: um. Tell me, uh, tell the folks that are watching a little bit about the geographic footprint that you have now.
1: Yeah, so today, uh, Surf Internet reaches from almost the Mississippi River in Illinois to um, the Ohio-Indiana line. We go down just south of US 30, so across the middle part of Indiana. And then we have an office in uh, Fowlerville, Michigan, which is on the northeast side by Lansing. And then we have a office in West Michigan near Grand Rapids. Wow. One of our goals is to... Uh, be a contiguous coverage network around the Great Lakes, or primarily around Lake Michigan.
0: So, very modest goals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just sort of step by step. Yep. Like, I think that's one percent bigger, like by the hour. I don't know if it's by the day. Um, tell me what is so compelling. There's a particular time aspect of it. I mean, I understand. I run an online business. I love mm-hmm. super high-speed wireless everywhere I go, all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot more than just being able to get fast internet because in some of the areas, you're, you're putting connectivity in there that's exponentially better, but in a lot of areas, th- there's very little competition, there's very little choice off- offered and you guys are bringing in an array of services. Tell me about what you bring, not just a little bit faster pipe.
1: The story about fibers. is Pretty amazing. So, fiber uses uh, laser or light to transmit through a, a piece of glass, and where the current technologies, legacy technologies, are sort of limited by the laws of physics to how much speed they can they can deliver, fiber optic is essentially infinite or unlimited, and we like to call it future-proof. So, in in our history, we've deploy to technology, and then three years we upgrade it because customers need more speed. And then yeah. three more years we upgrade it. Well, with fiber optic, the, the sky's the limit. There is no capacity, known capacity limit to fiber optic. And what is really unique about this time in history is that for the first time in telecommunications, the government, the, the federal and state government are partnering with local businesses like Surf to make an investment to transform the community. And the reason that that fiber optic is so special and why this is a unique opportunity is if we think back to when the United States went through their rural electrification in the 1930s. Um, If you go online and look up some YouTube videos, you'll see farmers, when they got electricity, they didn't know how to use basic appliances like an electric mixer or a washer. And it completely transformed life in America because they now had these technologies that weren't available before that allowed them to have more time to be in the field or with their family, it created additional free time. And so the capacity and capability of an unlimited broadband network is gonna be that transformative to the US culture in the future. And just think about some of the ways that that could be. My dad, who uh, has COPD, he's homebound, um, you know, he's struggling to breathe. Uh, It's difficult and risky for him to leave his home because he has trouble breathing. So he's able to do uh, telemedicine visits with his doctor over the internet. Yeah. Well, in the future, with fiber optic broadband, that same doctor might be able to look at every cell in his body <laughs> remotely and yeah. diagnose the problem without ever having to go into the doctor. Um, I think about things like um, at the Atlanta airport. The they could be
0: constantly, you know, there's a monitor that constantly can exactly. happening. Like, oh, your blood pressure's a little high. Hey, we're going to call you. What's up?
1: Yeah, you got it. And and he actually has that today. He has a little tablet today that's connected over the SURF internet connectivity. And when his oxygen goes low or his pulse goes high or, his, or other medical things change, they call him and say, hey, what's going on? But imagine I, the I future. I was literally just making that up. No, that, that exists today. <laughs> wow. So, so the future is, let's look inside your body and see at a level that we can't today because the bandwidth isn't there. Yeah. When, when the technology catches up to, uh, when, to what is available, it'll just unlock an innovation that we haven't, we can't even imagine. Yeah. Remember, like, when I was growing up, my friend used to tease me all the time about the shoe phone, like someday you're going to have a shoe phone. Yeah. And you know, we'd go around and pull out this, this shoe and make a call. Yeah. And now in our pockets, we have a phone that's more powerful than the first rocket ships. Yep. And that sort of innovation. How do you
0: respond to maybe a little bit more current culture, which sometimes says don't be learning all the time. Don't be growing all the time. My like, God, that's exhausting. You just need <laughs> it. You can't run races and be really good at being a husband and grade it to your team. Like just, no, don't work so hard. Mm.
1: Well, th- there, is, there is certainly a balance. There's a life balance, but there's also a st- to strive for excellence and to always want to uh, improve. Uh, there was a guy um, that I met in Florida when I was doing an Ironman two years ago. He was the first autistic individual to complete a, uh, a full Ironman. And um, the guy had you know, difficult mental capacity, but one of his goals was to just improve 1% each day. Yeah. And so I've a, a I've learned that from him. Like, I'm going to try to get 1% better every day. And you think about how much better you are in a year when you only improve yeah. 1% per day. And anybody can improve
0: 1%. Yeah. It's, it's the old notion of if you could do one push-up today, well, yep. I'm pretty certain you mm-hmm. could do two tomorrow. Yep. And follow that out, and you can do a heck of a lot yep. of push-ups. Yep. Wow.
1: Yeah, I've, had, I've been blessed to have a number of really strong mentors in my life. And uh, one of them was a guy named Wes Hershberger. Hersberger, Wes Hershberger. Well, there we go. Wes is the, the CEO of Mapletronics in Goshen. And one of the things that Wes taught me is that a leader should always be looking forward in terms of who can I emulate or who can I um, learn from. And then I should always be looking behind me to see who I can bring along. And so one of my career goals in life is always to find somebody I can learn from and learn from each experience and also uh, try to bring my team along and teach them. So I'm always looking for someone to mentor and somebody to mentor me. And there's always somebody that knows something more than I do. And there's always somebody that I can help enrich their life.
0: And it's a principle you could follow the rest of your life. Like you could be absolutely. 90 years old and you could still be a little bit smarter the next day.
1: Yep, Absolutely. I had a high school uh, physics teacher that um, encouraged me to become a lifetime learner. So uh, it, it's really important to me and to my team that we're always investing in ourselves and reading books and reading materials and while, while some people play video games and there's nothing against video games, I use that time to read and grow. On the way over here, I was listening to uh, Patrick Lencioni's book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, okay. which we're going to be teaching on here in a few weeks at work.
0: So. That's pretty darn good. <laughs> No, it's a, it's it's great from a, a premise of you don't seem to want to do anything average. You want to do really good at whatever you're doing.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, one of my my high school football coach one time said, "Gene, you're wrestling not to lose." He said, "I want you to wrestle to win," and that stuck with me because uh, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. If I'm going to put effort into it, I want to make sure that it's there, we're going to get some results out of it, and so. Uh, I, I approach all life that way. I'm, I'm leaving tomorrow on a trip to Florida for work and I happen to tie in a half marathon on the front end of that. If I'm going to go all the way down there, I might as well make the most of the time.
0: And most people are thinking, if I'm going to go all the way down there, I hope I get three hours to sit in the sun and do nothing. And you're thinking, no, I could actually go out and run in a
1: marathon. Yeah, that's right. I have, a, I have a goal to run uh, one half marathon per month for 2023. And uh, the only way I could do that in January is if I fit it in ahead of this trip. Wow, so,
0: absolutely fantastic. But
1: that's how I live my life. I, I want to get the most out of every opportunity.
0: On the leadership part, the, the thing that's always interesting to me, I almost feel like I get to have a real-life MBA <laughs> through the people I talk to. Um, I always want to know, I, I, I sense from the minute I met you, very strong leader, very strong character person, very bright, non-egotistical, you know egotistical. Just very humble, authentic. And then I've gotten to know you a little bit more and I see everything that you're posting online. You're crazy mad about your life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You're real active and uh, both of you are real active from a health perspective and just going out and seeing the world and and having a good time. Um, It requires a lot to be good in all of those areas. Mm -hmm. Who taught you to be a leader?
1: Well, you know, it goes way back. I remember sitting in church one day, and the pastor was preaching on uh, the scripture that said something about uh, if you take your eye off the plow and look back. And um, it, it just reminded me, I really wanted to know why I do what I do. I wanted to be crystal clear about the why of my life. And one of the, the uh, goals in my life is to make a difference in the world. I wanna, when I'm done, I want to have known that I made the world better than when I started. And so it's it's not about Gene, it's about the people around me. It's about elevating everyone else. And so from that day forward, I set out on a mission that, that I don't want to have any regrets in life, that I want to um, do everything I can to make the world a better place. And one way we do that is through bringing high-speed internet to a rural community.
0: Uh, what's it gonna do for education?
1: Well, gosh, look at what happened with COVID and, and e-learning and uh, that sort of thing. When I first got into telecommunication, I remember going into schools and they would have rooms full of VCRs where they would play content from a VCR. And just in the last decade or so, the technologies evolved from that to what is going over online. Now imagine what will happen in the future where um, you can have live interaction, maybe holograms or or who who knows what kind of three-dimensional virtual reality, artificial intelligence, could be enabled into education to help a student learn in a certain way.
0: Yeah, particularly with personalized learning. Like Mm -hmm. I think as we've all gotten older, you know, when you and I were going to school, there's a one way to learn. You go and Mrs. Smith tells you how to learn. Mm -hmm. If you don't learn well with Mrs. Smith, Mm -hmm. you're out of luck. Now I think people realize people learn in a whole variety of different ways.
1: Yeah, imagine if you could could dissect an animal, for example, using uh, virtual reality and glasses and manipulate some kind of learning to yep, be a surgeon at exactly, the age of ten, without having to start with a real life patient. Yep. Absolutely,
0: I think. about it, actually, that makes me think: like, how could I put a person with a camera in a situation to say, "Hey, listen, I want to show you how to go to a basketball game and actually capture it and deal with fans or deal mm-hmm. with the, you know, coach or the refs, whatever you got to do." I mean, it's really the potential is massive. Absolutely. Tell me what is it is that this moment in time. You said this is a very unique opportunity where the federal government and the state government have both said we want to help companies like this help you.
1: Yep. Yeah so as I said this is one of the, I'll just start over because this is gosh what's, how should we say it?
0: You know you talked before it's a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity it's just a rare confluence of events like it's you don't yeah. often get everybody getting along right. and figuring out how to drive one thing.
1: Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's right. This COVID taught us that we need to have better communication into the home for e-learning and remote work and that sort of thing. And so for the f- first time in our history, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity where the federal, state, local government, and providers like SURF are all rallying around trying to bring this transformational fiber optic broadband to more communities.
0: Um, How does somebody find out more? How do they find out, hey, am I eligible for you guys to come? Are you talking to my current town? You know, uh, how do we learn
1: more? SURF has made a major investment in technology that allows us to identify on an address-by-address basis which residences have our fiber optic coverage now. You can even sign up online, schedule an install without ever talking to a human. But on top of that, we map out the areas that are coming soon, like where we plan on going. And then we also map out the areas that we're considering going into that we're looking for some additional subsidy to build into.
0: Um, And do you look at it where if a bunch of people in a particular community reach out and ask you for service and you don't have it, do you actually use those patterns and say, hey, maybe we ought to consider moving into there?
1: We do. One of my my favorite stories is... um,
0: You let demand drive where you're going to go. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, one, one of my favorite stories is my friend, Carrie Hill over in Middlebury. Okay. She lives out in the country and uh, when COVID hit, her kids couldn't do e-learning on their their DSL connection. It was, it was too, too bad. So um, the economics just didn't work because the houses were far enough apart and it was rural enough. And so I worked with her to figure out a plan that if she could get 17 of her neighbors to sign up, that we would have enough volume to make the project work she and Holly got 17. She got everybody to sign up. We have 100% of the neighborhood. Wow. And today, all of those people in the neighborhood are using surf fiber internet in a place where they probably wouldn't have gotten it for a decade otherwise.
0: Yeah. Well, it just shows the power of the technology, but it also shows the power of the person. Yep. Like, if you really want it, you can get your neighbors involved. You like, got it. We'll work together mm-hmm. and have it. Yeah. That's awesome. What do you think you've learned through all of that experience and what you know about technology and office culture or business culture and leadership? What is it that you would tell the person um, that might be watching this, why they want to work for SURF?
1: Well, SURF is local. Like, we're in the community. We, we live, work, and play. We go to your church. We buy from local restaurants. We're part of the community, and we want to be part of transforming the community and we're not just talking it, we're doing it. And if you look at our track record of how we've transformed communities like LaPorte and Goshen and Elkhart and Westville and Wanata and Bourbon, we are actually walking the walk.
0: Um, a guy that's a good friend of mine, I know is a uh, eager supporter of yours, Tom Dermody in yep. LaPorte approaches life very similar mm-hmm. to you. There's nothing he's in that he's not in to win. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so I think he looked at it and said, no, LaPorte's gonna go. High speed? Like, now. And that's probably the ideal partner for you, someone that pas- is passionate about lighting up their citizens.
1: Yeah, we're, we're looking for visionaries like Tom, who maybe they don't even understand the technology, but they want the very best for their community, and they, they know that bringing a transformational technology will make a difference and elevate the entire community. And, and that, that, that was Tom. Tom isn't a technology guy, yep. but he understood... That giving more options to the residents, lowering the cost, and having a future-proof technology was great for the city of Laporte.
0: Yeah, he's he's a guy that I don't think he wants to do average at anything. Right. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> and it's good for Laporte. He's driving it yeah, all absolutely. across the all mm-hmm. across the spectrum. Mm-hmm.
1: Surf is really excited to be the first multi-gig fiber-optic internet provider in Northwest Indiana, and we chose Northwest Indiana because the residents see the future they, they have asked us to bring something new and exciting and so we're bringing multi gig which today Wi-Fi technology supports up to about two and a half gigs so that's where we're gonna start but our technology is scalable way beyond that. Wow
0: and that's throughout the region or throughout the cities that you're currently covering?
1: We're launching in the port by April 1st and then we'll be expanding into Valparaiso and Portage and moving west.
0: Awesome What's the marathon that you're doing, or half marathon that you're doing down in Florida?
1: Um, this is, uh, it's at Celebration. It's just outside of Disney. Okay. It's a, it's a, a half marathon. But yeah, nothing exciting. Wow. Not, not like the last one. I just finished that. Yeah. One. That's a little nuts. So I just finished the Dopey Challenge, which was 50 miles in four days um, at Disney World. That was pretty fun.
0: And what, like we were just talking about it, she's run a half marathon before. Jenny's run a couple. Okay. Um, I definitely have never run a half mm-hmm. marathon. Um, you know, she was describing as you get done, and I just couldn't imagine going back, like to do a half and then doing another one. Like, mm-hmm. And then you talk about running fifty. Is it insanity? Like, what is it that at twenty-six miles you're like, that's not enough. <laughs> Like, your body, want, you you, you really enjoy those 14 more miles or 24 oh, more no, miles. Oh, no, I,
1: I don't enjoy it at all. What I enjoy is going past what I thought I could do. Got it. What I enjoy is always pushing myself to get better. And um, there's nothing enjoyable about running 26 miles. It completely sucks. But what it is is it's going beyond what your brain thinks you can do.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. the old, you know, it's the, the story about the four-minute mile. Mm-hmm. Nobody thought they could do it forever. Yep. Nobody could do it. As soon as one guy did it, suddenly tons yep. of people could do it. You yeah. know? And yeah. there's nothing different that changed
1: about physics other than mentality. Yep. Yeah, like God gave you a certain capacity. God gave me a certain capacity. And what I want to do is always go for to push that, like to, to be the best that I can be. It, my, what, where I'm going to go and where you're going to go might be different but I want you to be the best you can be in your range, and I want to do the same. Yeah, that's
0: pretty powerful stuff.